Hi, I'm Francine and you're listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast, a podcast where our first topic of conversation will always be Disney. I've been a Disney fan for as long as I can remember and I'm determined to bring more of that Disney magic into my everyday life. So if you need a little extra pixie dust in your day, you've come to the right place. Thanks so much for listening and let's get started. Welcome to episode eight of the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode. I have to be honest, I wasn't really sure how this whole podcast thing was going to turn out, but I have had such a blast recording all of the episodes. I really have enjoyed myself talking about Disney, sharing it all with you, you know, chatting with some of my guests, and I'm just going to keep going. And if you keep showing up, I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to you know, really enjoy every single episode and every minute that we have together. My next episodes, I'm going to have some more guests back on. But today, I I really wanted to think about how much the parks have changed over the years. Um, Some of the feedback that you guys sent in about the earlier episodes was that you really enjoyed hearing how I fell in love with the park and what Disney meant to me as a child. And it really got me thinking about some of the old attractions and and things that aren't there anymore and how much the park has changed over the years. You know, people are are visiting Walt Disney World now and making memories based on what's there today. And they're going to be in the same boat that I am years from now when they look back and see how much the park has changed. This is why I keep going back. There's always something new for me to experience and see. It's, it's always new and exciting, and no matter how many times I go, I still haven't seen everything. And I know, like, some people find this very hard to believe, but honestly, I haven't seen everything. I make sure that I'm still doing, when I go on vacation, I visit and enjoy all of my favorite things, but I try to fit something new in all the time. I've stayed in every resort, but it's just, there's just too much, and it's always changing. You know, Walt Disney said that Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world. It's something that will never be finished, something that I can keep developing and adding to. And it's so true, even to this day, they continue to add and improve and change things at all of the Disney parks, and I'm so glad that they do. I know that there's some nostalgia and, you know, I look back and think, oh, I really miss this. And I do, and it tugs on my heartstrings. But I know that we wouldn't have all of the fantastic and wonderful things that we have if we didn't embrace change. So while I embrace the change and I think about all of the things that have changed in the parks over the years, I can't help but think about the few things that, you know, they really tug on my heartstrings and they meant so much to me as a child. And here are a few of the things that I really do miss. The first thing that I think about when I look back at Walt Disney World and think about how much it's changed and what I miss is the attraction called If You Had Wings. Now, this attraction was over where Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin is right now at the Magic Kingdom. It opened in 1972 and it was sponsored by Eastern Airlines. Now, this attraction, you sat in a ride vehicle similar to the ones that they have for Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. In fact, if you took the guns off them and you painted them like a light blue, they'd probably be the same ones. Maybe they are. 
Um, but this took you in that ride vehicle and it took you through kind of like a variety of scenes and it showed you all of the things that you could see and do uh, if you had wings. And that was sort of the song. If you had wings, you could do anything. And, you know, it took you through all of these different scenes that you could see uh, sunny beaches at the ocean. And there was a man, like some of them were kind of silly too. So there was a man holding a big fish and his wife was taking the picture. And while the wife was taking the picture, the fish would get bigger and smaller. Like it would change in size. Like it was just different. <laughs> and then they had people diving uh, from cliffs into the ocean. And then there was a scene of like a cruise ship and, and people standing waving on the dock. And, you know, it took you to Mexico and you'd see the people dancing. But my favorite was probably the policeman who was directing traffic and the traffic was pedestrians. And then he would turn the other way and it was like pelicans. Like It was, you know, when I look back on this attraction, to say it was a little cheesy is probably an understatement. Um, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of bizarre how you'd rode through this thing and just saw little snippets of movies. You know, why on earth was this like the, the key to my childhood? I don't know. My dad and I used to ride this attraction together and we loved it. And we thought some of those scenes were just hysterical. Um, you know, I'm probably not describing them properly. And uh, if you looked at them today, they probably would not be so hysterical, but, um, but we loved it. And I swear, if you go on the Grand Fiesta in Mexico at Epcot, that some of that old footage is used in that, in that attraction. Um, but at the end of, if you had wings, you came into this great big room and you were on the runway. So you were still in your attraction vehicle and it was like you were on a runway at the airport and you were the plane and it simulated you sort of taking off. Um, and now when you're, when you're riding Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin, when you get to that final scene, um, where you're shooting in the big dome, that's exactly what it was. So if you ever get the urge, go on to YouTube and just, you know, Google if you had wings. Some of the footage on YouTube is, you know, it's not the greatest, it's not the clearest, but you could get the idea. And it'll definitely take you on a journey of imagination and it shows you really what's possible. And I think that's what really... I loved so much about this attraction and my dad and I really bonded over it was all of the possibilities that you could have if you have wings. So it's yeah, maybe it's a little cheesy, but it was one of my favorites. So definitely go over and take a look at it on YouTube. Now I couldn't talk about extinct attractions without talking about Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride opened in 1971 with the Magic Kingdom. And, you know, it was another one when you look back on it, you think, what were they thinking? Uh, it still exists in Disneyland today. And every time I'm there, I make sure I'm on it a couple of times. But it was a dark ride. So it was a vehicle that and it looked like a little car. And it took you through and told you a story of Mr. Toad with pretty much some big cardboard cutouts and and sort of some sets that were designed for it. Um, as a kid, I remember at some parts being a little scared, uh, the, like my first couple of times on it because, you know, it was, it moved pretty quickly. 
Um, and for a kid, you know, there were, it was kind of dark. But um, now when you look back on it and you think this was this was kind of an odd story. So there's a part where you go to a bar uh, and you get a beer from the bartender and he's spinning this beer and you're driving really erratically in your car and then you get hit by a train and then the devil appears and his henchmen. Um, like this is weird, right? <laughs> and, you know, we didn't think much of it. And I think back then the only sort of outside reality that you had was TV and books. But here you were actually inside the set of a movie or a comic or, or something of those those sorts. So it really was all encompassing and just entertaining. It really was just pure entertainment. And, you know, there's there's quite a bit of nostalgia for that that attraction for me. I love it in Disneyland. Um, but it closed in 1998 at Walt Disney World. And, you know, people really were not happy about that. Uh, but one of the great things that Disney does is they they really do honor the history of different things. So there's a couple of nods to Mr. Toad in the Magic Kingdom today. The first one, so the, the attraction itself was where Winnie the Pooh, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh is now. Uh, that's the old home of Mr. Toad. So when you are on the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh today and you go into, I think it's the first or second room on the left on the wall, there's a portrait of Mr. Toad handing over the deed, I guess, to the property to Owl so that um, I guess, you know, Winnie the Pooh could move in. The, the second nod to Mr. Toad is when you're leaving the Haunted Mansion, there is a huge uh, pet cemetery off to it's just to your left as you're coming out of the haunted mansion and when you look up into that pet cemetery and he's usually way at the back uh there is a statue of mr toad and fun fact i have a replica of that statue in my living room <laughs> so disney did the nod to them uh to mr toad in those two places but they also did the same with snow white's scary adventures so that opened with the park as well in 71 similar thing it was a dark ride uh where you got in your vehicle and the story was told with cutouts and sets that you sort of traveled through um and in 2012 snow white's scary adventures closed of course to make way for the seven dwarfs mine train and that's the perfect example of how you know, the Snow White Scary Adventure was really just, you know, the, the sets that you move through and they were they were great for the time that they were created in the 70s. But in 2012, uh, it closed to make room for this fantastic new thing that we have, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is epic and fabulous and fun. Uh, but within there, there are a couple of vultures from the original ride as well as the final scene. So when you are finishing the uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and you stop just outside of the loading area, to your right, there's a cottage. And inside that cottage is snow dancing with the dwarves. And most of those are from the original set, from the original attraction of Snow White's Scary Adventures. So they kind of, you know, they pay the tribute to the original ride. And there's details like that everywhere. If you look, the Imagineers really do leave pieces behind and, and pay homage to different parts throughout the rides. The other one that gives a great history is um, 
Marty Sklar is honored in the Carousel of Progress. So in the final scene of the Carousel of Progress, when the turkey is baking and um, it's sort of the futuristic family setting, the wife is sitting at a computer desk and to the right, there's like a whiteboard with a sticky note on it. And the sticky note says, Marty called wants changes. And that was a nod to the Imagineer legend, Marty Sklar, who really worked on the Carousel of Progress updates. And the joke was within the Imagineer community that he was forever wanting changes and he was asking for lots of changes. So that sticky note on the whiteboard pays homage to him. The next thing that we need to talk about, it's not an attraction, but rather a fireworks show. I knew that uh, I couldn't go through all of this without talking about my favorite fireworks show ever, which is Wishes. Um, Now, my friend Carrie may debate, you know, the whole Disneyland fireworks. I love those for a different reason. But Wishes was and always will be, you know, holding a very special place in my heart. It ran from 2003 to 2017 before it was replaced by Happily Ever After. Um, but wishes was the tale of hope. It was dreams. And of course, you know, it was the biggest show ever at the magic kingdom with the exception of like, you know, the special 4th of July or holiday fireworks. But this was every night, every night, Jiminy Cricket and the blue fairy told us the story of hopes and dreams and, and what we could do if we just believed It took you on an emotional journey from Neverland to visiting Cinderella and Ariel and Snow White and the genie from Aladdin came in and the evil queen asking for her wishes and it got a little dark and then Jiminy reminds us to let our conscience be our guide and it sounds so cliche and you know when he does the little speech of the best part is you'll never run out of wishes. They're shining deep down inside of you because that, my friends, is where the magic lives. And if I think about that speech, it's everything that I imagine and it encompasses and speaks so much to the Disney magic that we all feel when we're there visiting the parks. I love that story. And it just gave me the goosebumps. Didn't matter how many times I saw it. In fact, I saw it so many times that I could literally close my eyes and imagine the fireworks. I knew which fireworks were going off to which word in that song. And I loved the fact that the fireworks themselves with the narration and the music told the story. This story was completely told in the sky. The sky plus, you know, Tinkerbell flying, of course, but you didn't have a lot of projections on the castle. There was nothing missing if you were not on Main Street. So one of the things I love Happily Ever After, I love this new fireworks. I love the song, I love the story, but I don't love the projections. And the reason that I don't is because I don't always wanna be on Main Street to watch the fireworks at the end of the night. In fact, sometimes I don't even wanna be in the park. And that's just, that's just me that sometimes I like to leave the park and and watch them from the Contemporary or the Polynesian or any of the monorail resorts you can see them from. Um, Or I like to be over in Tomorrowland. With Wishes, that entire story was told in the sky and I didn't need to be on Main Street. With Happily Ever After, I feel like I miss a part of the story when I'm not 
in front of the castle and I can't see the projections. Now that just might be me and others may disagree with me. Uh, so please, you know, send me a note, send me an email, uh, comment on Facebook, let me know what you think or if you agree with me about this whole projection thing. But I just feel like it's lost a little bit of being able to be flexible and be wherever you are to see the fireworks. So, you know, wishes. Yeah, I miss you big time. <laughs> well, I guess that kind of brings us to talking about what's going on right now. And right now, Illuminations, Reflections of Earth is retiring. This show started in 1999. It's been on for 20 years and it's been a main staple of Epcot. People love this show. There are diehard Illuminations Reflections of Earth fans. I have to admit, not my favorite. And yeah, it just, it never really sort of grabbed me as a must-see. If we were in the park, I would absolutely stay and watch it. Um, but never something that I really wanted to go, like I had to go and see it. Like Wishes, I always made sure when I was there that I got to see it. Um, but this one, I was kind of like, eh, it was all right. But there are some diehard fans that are pretty upset that this that this is coming to an end. But like everything at Walt Disney World, it has to come to an end so that we can make room for some great stuff that's coming. And this new show, Epcot Forever, from, from what I hear, this is just sort of the stopgap. So there's supposed to be a big new show coming in the future. And this is to fill the void between the two. And it's called Epcot Forever. And it's, you know, when it's described as behold, the single spark of imagination that started it all. So it's really a throwback to all of us who love Epcot and and looking back into the history of Epcot, but also the future. So it's supposed to capture the things we love, um, including dazzling fireworks and stunning laser effects and choreographed kites set to tunes that have become theme park favorites. Well, that sold me right there. The music is going to feature things like Tomorrow's Child and Listen to the Land and One Little Spark. And of course, Figment is one of my favorites. Um, you know, this Epcot Forever is going to be huge. And from what I hear, there may be a little bit from the Kitchen Cabaret in this, in this musical score. So the Kitchen Cabaret was a show that Epcot had in the Land Pavilion up where um, just above where Soren next to the Garden Grill is, there was a whole show about the kitchen and eating your fruits and vegetables and milk and cheese. And it had all sorts of food, um, but it also had singing fruits and vegetables, which was the main part of the show that I remember. And the dancing fruits and vegetables song apparently is going to make an appearance in the Epcot Forever fireworks. So I can't wait for this show and Disney is live streaming it for the opening night and I'm sure it'll be all over YouTube after that. But it's one of those that I can't wait to see myself in person. Um, I know that I'll be watching the live stream, but yeah, I can't wait to see it myself in person. You know, I'm really thrilled with all of the changes that are coming and while I miss all the old stuff, the beauty now is that for families that are traveling, everything is documented. So you have it on your phones, you're taking videos and pictures. And if you didn't document the entire ride through of your favorite attraction, it's on YouTube. There's probably a hundred videos of it on YouTube right now. So 
as you're making your memories and, and having that sort of emotional connection to these attractions, the beauty is that they will never really go away for you and your family. Your, your memories years from now, you'll be able to look back and see all of those attractions. I know that some of the attractions that I look back on, the YouTube videos, well, they're really not that great. We have some home movies and I've, I've posted a few of them on YouTube. Um, but you know, the, the home movies back then, you, they were massive cameras that you carried around and most of them, you know, they either didn't have sound or the sound was terrible. Um, and they have thumbs in front of them or they're out of focus because you didn't know what was going on in them until you got the film developed. Um, so really the movies were, you, you got one shot to take the movie and that was it. And it was incredibly expensive for the film and to get it developed. So you never took the full thing. You never took a full ride or the full fireworks show because it would have cost you a fortune to get it developed. So that's the great thing about now is all of these families, it's all going to be documented for you. So you'll never really lose any of that stuff that you've come to know and love as part of your, your history and your love of Disney. So it wouldn't be fair to talk about all the Magic Kingdom attractions that left um, that, you know, I miss without talking about the one Magic Kingdom attraction that I am so glad is not there. Now, you know, there are things at Walt Disney World that I will never ride again. Like, I will never be on the Tower of Terror again. Uh, I will never be on uh, Mission Space, like on the on the intense side. I will never, that was a one and done, never again. But I'm, I'm glad those experiences are still there for others to enjoy. You know, people who like that kind of thing. Uh, I totally get it. But there was one attraction in the Magic Kingdom that I... I don't understand why it was there. I don't know why they ever thought it was a good idea. And I am so glad that it finally closed in 2003. So this was the extraterrestrial alien encounter. It opened in the Magic Kingdom in 1995. And it was over where uh, Stitch's Great Escape is. And the whole plot of this attraction, it's like a big circular room. And there's a big tube in the middle where they're demonstrating this new teleportation technology or something where they're going to bring an alien into the tube. And during the demonstration, something happens. And of course, the alien ends up in the room and not in the tube that it's supposed to be in. And all the lights go out and it's completely dark. And then everyone is terrorized by this alien. And when I say the word terrorized, I don't think I've ever felt so much kind of fear at Walt Disney World as I did in this attraction. Now keep in mind, this was like the late 90s. So I wasn't a kid. I knew that this was all make-believe. But you're sitting in a room that is completely dark and things are touching you and breathing on your neck and you can feel it behind you and you can't go anywhere and it's dark and you can't see anything. And it really was... It was scary and my entire fa like my whole family was in the room and I remember thinking like they were all scared, but I remember being the most worried about my dad because as a kid, I was always very well aware of my dad's health problems. You know, they were older when they had me. So 
when we were visiting Walt Disney World, I was well aware that my dad had a very bad back and a bad heart. So when we would be going on attractions, I was always looking at those signs. I didn't know what they meant. I didn't know what would happen. But, it, you know, where it said if you had a bad, bad, bad back or a bad heart, you shouldn't ride. So I was always very aware of things that were going to upset my dad's heart because I didn't want anything to go wrong. And, you know, he used, I used to call out to him when we would be in line for Space Mountain. I'd say, look, Dad, there's another sign. You shouldn't be going on it. You have a bad heart. And, you know, he would just kind of laugh and say, oh, give me a break. I'll be fine. And he always was, you know, except for, I think, you know, as he got a little bit older, you know, his back really didn't handle Space Mountain as well as it did in the early 70s. But um, when we were on Alien Encounter, I remember thinking like my heart was going to pop out of my chest. I, it was it, it was insanely terrifying, um, even though I knew it wasn't real. And I remember being so scared that my dad was feeling the same way. I couldn't see him. I couldn't say anything to him. I couldn't even turn my head to to speak to him. Um, and I remember thinking it's going to, you know, the lights are going to come on and my dad will have had a heart attack. And I don't think in all of my years going to Walt Disney World that I have ever been as terrified as I was in the extraterrestrial alien encounter. So that one, I'm really glad it closed. <laughs> I can't believe they kept it open as long as they did. We all were only ever on it once and never went back. And it was absolutely horrific. So I'm not really sure what Disney was thinking when they made it, but I'm really glad that that one is gone. There you have it. That's my look back at some of the stuff that really tugs on my heartstrings and that I really miss about the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. But I am so excited about the stuff to come. It's just going to be incredible. Every day they're coming out with new technology and new ways to amaze and dazzle us. And yeah, that's why I keep going back. I got to make sure I got another trip booked. Well, I have January. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit in maybe another quick one just before then. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm going to end the podcast with my... Uh, my dose of pixie dust this week. So what brought me some joy in pixie dust this week uh, was that I bought a new computer. So for those of you that don't know, I have this debate at work all the time with, with some of my colleagues, you know, the whole Apple versus Android debate. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a technical junkie. I like my gadgets and I love the, I love Apple. I love it because it is so easy for someone like me to use. Everything I have, all my devices just work together. Everything sort of syncs up properly. You know, when I even when I started thinking about making this podcast, I went on to my Mac and lo and behold, I already had software there for recording stuff. Like it just, everything makes sense and I find it very easy to use. So I was running out of memory and capacity on the Mac that I had bought a few years ago. I had bought it for uh, really when I first started the blog and I wanted to, to do more stuff online. But as I started doing video editing and audio editing, it just didn't have enough juice to handle what I wanted it to do. So I figured it was time for an upgrade. I ordered my new computer online and it was delivered probably about a week later and Apple kept sending me text updates about where it was and when it was coming. And you know, they're really good at customer service. But here was the thing. 
I was ter- I was so worried, you know, you get your computer all set up the way you like it. And I was worried about setting up my new one and, you know, transferring over stuff that I had downloaded from the internet and not from the Apple store and licenses and keys that I had before and all sorts of stuff. And I, I worry about that. And I figured it was going to take me like two weeks to get it all set up and everything transferred over. But I opened the box. I plugged it in because there's no instructions and it popped up and said, would you like to download or transfer data from a hard drive from the cloud or from another Mac? And I was like, huh, I'll transfer it from another Mac. So when I clicked that, it said, okay, this other one is Francine's iMac is connected to the same Wi-Fi. Is that the computer you want? Verify on the other computer screen. And I clicked okay. And then it just started running. And an hour later, my desktop on my new Mac looked exactly like the desktop on the old Mac, including the screen captures, the the folders, everything I had just moved. Passwords, preferences, bookmarks, everything is here. It's impressive and incredible. And I thought I would spend all weekend trying to figure this out. And in an hour on Tuesday night, it just worked. So that's sort of my pixie dust is for someone like me not to fuss with all of this kind of stuff. Um, It really was helpful. And Apple, again, a genius. It all just works. Oh, and I got the security notification on my phone saying, by the way, Francine just logged into a new computer. Is this okay? Um, Which is really great. Like the security is awesome. It's just so easy to use. Um, So thank you, Apple. You brought me some pixie dust this week and now I can get to editing. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you'll subscribe. Please rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on. The reviews are really important in the podcast world. If you want to stay in touch between episodes, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram as Pixie Dust Fan. And you can find my show notes and blogs over at PixieDustFan.com. Thanks so much for listening and remember you are never too old to be young. Chase your dreams and design your own happily ever after.